0: If you're an entrepreneurial public servant, this podcast is for you. Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, B.J. Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. And in today's episode, we're talking about training. I'm on with uh, my man, Mike Steadman, and we were just wrapping before the show, The Importance of Training. And uh, this is on my mind, Mike, because I don't know how many years it's been for you, but 21 years ago, I reported into cadet basic training at West Point for my first, first uh, glimpse and first indoctrination to the military at, uh, at West Point. And I know the, uh, the new cadets at West Point just reported last weekend.
1: Yeah, it's a prime example to kind of talk about this stuff. And I think um, one of the reasons it's relevant is, you know, I'm just coming off of a a mastermind uh, session out in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And one of the things we're always, we're talking about was like training. And I thought it was very um, relevant now. um, It's particularly talking about the military is because, you know, when we joined the Naval Academy, right, there's certain nuanced things that we learn, you know, that only we know at the Academy and there's stuff that you learn on paper but there's stuff we learned during that like four week, you know, five I don't forgot how long it was, to be honest, but our plebe summer. Yeah. Um, you know, and it it's like, man, like they're just so efficient at it. You know, I can run into a graduate, you know, 10, 20 years later, and there's still all these things that like we do at the Naval Academy, that's part of this like indoctrination process, and it just got me thinking about like, yo, the military is really good at this kind of stuff, and we as, as Academy graduates, like we've got to experience it firsthand. And I think there's a lot of correlation between like, how can we like leverage training to kind of build culture within our own like organizations?
0: Yeah. Um, with, with beast barracks, it's seven weeks, I think if, if I'm remembering correctly, and it's broken up into two parts, the first half is really teaching you how to be a cadet. And then the second half is teaching you how to be a soldier. So everything's garrison-based, figuring out how to, you know, day one getting your hair cut and starting out, starting to learn how to put on your uniform, and then slowly it transitions into field exercises and, and makes you appreciate what you know what the requirements of being a soldier are, going out on the on the shooting range, uh, or the rifle range, um, and just doing some basic field uh, field exercises. But you're right; it's it's everything from Vocabulary to culture to, um, to yeah, for sure, standard operating procedures. And I think you know, training has been on my mind for a while. I read a book, um, by Ben Horowitz, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and he talks about a book he read. Um, and I think it was Andy Grove's High Output Management. Um, and and he talks about why training is the boss's job. So I read this, I think it was mid last year. And I said, you know, I kept kept having the idea of MCFA University, you know, how do we start to teach everything that we want people to, to do? Because I've hired former O6s from the military colonels. Um, I've hired junior interns. And to some degree, we're so busy in, and, and maybe in particular in small business that we think people are supposed to show up and just know what to do. Um, you know, they, they get a degree and, and all of a sudden or, or they have industry experience and they should show up and understand how we want to do business, how we want them to perform, how we want them to execute certain tasks. Um, so training has become a huge priority at MCFA. And we've done it by introducing what we call MCFA University. Um, And I think, you know, it, it's not, it's not super formal yet. We're trying to, we're trying to formalize the curriculum. Uh, We definitely talk about culture. We talk about our why we talk about our core values, but I also have uh, different employees teach different project related uh, operational tasks. And, you know, what do we expect? And, the, the best thing that we can do is, or the best thing that we found is actually live firing what's going on on real projects so that what's happening on one project may or may not happen on other projects, but it starts to inform the team about all of the capabilities that we have on our team. So it's, you start creating that cross communication because we have 25 people, but they're all on, you know, they could be working on 20 different client projects. So it gets, um, it, it creates an appreciation for everybody else's skill sets and it starts to think about, it starts to make people think about, Oh, how can we apply that on our client or our project or uh, in, in our, our division, if you will. Um, but just, so, so Ben, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, just hearing you talk, right. we got listeners tuning in like MCFA university, like, you know, what the heck. Right. But <laughs> what we're trying to let people know is that like in, as a leader, especially when you're an entrepreneurial public servant, right? Like like you are, BJ, and a lot of our listeners are, right? There's this kind of like, there's the science of it, and then there's the art of it. And it's like you know how to, to, to do stuff just instinctually, right? Based off all your years of experience. The same thing as other members of your team, right? Let's be honest. That's really hard to capture in some SOPs, okay. you know? And so how do you convey that to people? And one of the things I'm just thinking about is like, I don't know any better way than to kind of having some kind of recurring training where you're getting in front of people and you're talking about it and you're really
0: leaning into like the art of it. So and that is exactly what we started doing. We just said we're putting 45 minutes on the calendar every week. Um, and, and honestly, it forced me to get it going. So it, anybody out there, it again, um, perfect is the enemy of progress. So if we had waited and researched and had, you know, I don't know, 52 topics for the entire year's curriculum and figured out the PowerPoint slides and all that, like it would be, it would never get done. So I just said, let's put it on the calendar. I'm responsible for three of the, of the topics per month. And then my COO is responsible for one of the topics per month. And now going into, you know, we just finished the quarter happy start of q Q3 here. And, uh, we're we're now focused on okay who on our team could be training what topics and how do we start giving some predictability to this? So we are trying to formalize it into a a quarterly curriculum so that you know anybody in the company and we've talked about this as a recruiting uh, opportunity potentially anybody outside of the company that wants to learn about a topic that we're teaching they hop on and maybe maybe we recruit them maybe we you know a soldier that's transitioning from the military which is a big focus of ours, maybe they just want to start sitting in on some training about what being a construction manager a construction inspector or safety officer on a project would look like. And you know, through that, they get to learn our culture because to your point, MCFA University, I mean, we could have called it anything, but constantly reminding ourselves our brand, who we are, why we do what we do, um, I think is an important part of the training. And it's funny, I I was at MCFA for, I don't know, 10 years. Um, I, I came here in 2012. We never talked about training and I, I can't, I, I don't understand why, you know, as a leader, I wasn't thinking about this when training is so ingrained in what we do in the military. And I think it goes back to, you know, you start thinking about resources and we don't have time for that and uh Ben Horowitz again in that in that book I wish I had the uh, the chapter in front of me I'll I'll see if we can put that in the show notes but he basically like runs through the productivity of if you can convert 1 hour of training per week into a more effective employee at whatever level you just took 52 hours and let's say that you you gave everybody in your company um 10% more effectiveness well that's 4 hours more work that they're getting done um, so it, it, it's, it's critical and there's not a, I don't think there's an organization that is good or great that doesn't do it. I mean, look at professional sports teams. All they do is practice. Um, Allen Iverson practice talking about practice. Uh um, right. so I, we we've been focused on it. We haven't we haven't gotten it um, completely where we want to get it, but it's it's shocking to me that um, you know. One as a leader, I look at myself and say, "What? Why were we not doing this sooner?" Some of it's because we had more senior people, and it was you know in consulting, you're you're almost learning every day on the job because you're learning the the client's business, the client's organization. So there's a lot of OJT going on. But we weren't creating any synergy or consistency in how we were doing business. So the first step was standard operating procedures, and to your point, standard operating procedures are going to sit in a policy manual, and maybe somebody looks at it. So then we started turning uh, policy manuals into checklists, and new employees, when they're doing something for the first time, might look at a you know a recurring task um, that we do and like run through a checklist, but. The training has really brought um, a lot of things to life um, and, and allows, again, I think the biggest benefit we get out of it is the cross-communication between um, all the professionals. And, and we're bringing in a lot of junior employees, so we have the opportunity to shape them and train them to think the way we, we think is, is the right way, the MCFA way, um, and to execute for clients that way.
1: So I want to apologize in advance. I know me and BJ like to throw around books. He's a voracious reader. A lot of people that come on are as well. But it just gives us, I think, you as well as guests, like a way to just kind of like, hey, this is a quick like reference. And so, you know, you just mentioned um, what was the name of the book?
0: Ben Horowitz. Well, it, it, he he actually references, and I, I can't remember exactly the book that he references, but I read about it in Ben Horowitz's the hard, "The hard Thing About Hard Things." Yeah.
1: And going back to your point, right? You're like, okay, it wasn't a priority for us, right? And um, what's this guy's name? Mike Michalowicz, right? He's an author I really enjoy. And in his book, Fix This Next, he talks about the business hierarchy of needs. So at like the bottom is sales, and then you have profit. So sales as in like you need cash, you know? Yep. Profit as in like stability. And then a the third is like order, then impact and legacy. And at any given time in a business life cycle, you're focusing on one thing, you know? So if you're like in a growth phase, Right. You're probably focusing on like that sales and profit Might be focus on efficiency. The last thing you want to do is stand up some training program. And let's be honest, when you're starting out on anything, especially stuff internally, it can feel kind of hokey at first. You know, you in the, <laughs> you know, you in the conference room with like three employees were like, what are we doing? And to be honest, you're like making it up as you go. Right. You know, you're the the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, you know, doing all this stuff. But you have a vision in your mind and you're working like towards that vision. So the hard thing is one is like just sitting down and getting started with it, and then the other thing too is that like you had all these other things going on. So I think part of it is like you got to be at a space to where like okay, why is training so important now? You know, is stuff breaking? You know, we're not getting the same results on projects or something, or you're just like man, we really need to have a better way to like um, you know bring people into the culture or whatever. And so I think it's probably one of those things of like you're you're hiring. There's a bunch of stuff going on. It's like, how can you ensure that your team and anyone associated with MCFA is positioned as best as possible to succeed on the job?
0: I, I think that that's completely true. And I, I don't know what the forcing function was for us that said, you know what, I, I just have to do this. I think it, it really was just reading that book and realizing that the investment in that is going to pay dividends. Um, and there was another thing from entrepreneurial operating system by Gino Wickman that he talks about, uh, they call it the delegate and elevate matrix. And again, it's like you hire somebody, you tell them you want them to do this task, but when you're busy and you don't tell them exactly how to do the task, it's like you can't delegate that without teaching. So one of the things we started doing in, in COVID was doing zoom videos recording them walking somebody through me doing exactly what i'm asking them to do and then they have a reference to do it in the future and and there's a lot of simple tasks and i mean this is like again this <laughs> this seems so incredibly obvious but when you're a small business and you're running around and you're to your point you're you're either fighting to to establish uh clients you're fighting to win clients you're you know you're quote you know, surviving in a lot of ways day-to-day, uh, that you don't appreciate the the investment that training is in the future, um, and you get in the mindset of, like, it's just easier to do it, so you start piling more and more and more on the team that you have instead of bringing in, you know, junior talent and cultivating them to take on some of these tasks. It's... it's um, simple but not easy i guess is is the best way to put that
1: so you bring up a good point too because i think one of the reasons like the sop game right that's what you do right you make the documents you do sops whatever it, we, that's just kind of how it's always been done the same thing in the military right you got the tnr manual you got all this kind of stuff well again what's, I got a, what's a tnr manual training and readiness manual in okay. the marine Corps. so it. it literally lists out how to do everything you want to Uh, reload a machine gun, go into TNR manual, tell you how to do all this kind of stuff, right? So we've been ingrained that we've got to get all this stuff down on paper, whatever. You're a leader. You've got to focus on all this other stuff. And you know, this stuff's got to get done, but it's yet it's so hard to map out the step-by-step procedures. And one of the things I got from Mike Michalowicz is it's okay to focus on capturing it, you know? And it's what you talked about of like recording the Zoom video, you know, capturing it and then sending it off. Right. So then you have this library of basically little videos that people can reference to show yep. them exactly how to do it. Now, here's the next level. What you recommend is the first draft of that, it might be really raggedy coming from someone that's like us, but for the subsequent versions, you have somebody else record it. You know, so like even internally at Ironbound Media for our podcast production, I record it, then I send it off to the team. They look at it and they're responsible for recording the next version. And so that way you ah. have like the most up-to-date SOPs. This is how we do things. And it forces them when they're having to go through and do the video. Now they're having to think and explain and ensure that they know how to do it. So there's all these little tricks and trades that we have the ability to do now. And when you think about technology and what it allows us to do, the ability to shoot a little loom video or record a video on um, on um, Zoom, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, we don't need to keep this one long. I want to. I want to talk out loud to our, our audience. We've got a bunch of people lined up for interviews. We have been fighting through uh different summer schedules, vacation schedules. So we're going to probably intermittently talk about just on the business stuff that um, we've been doing. That you know, hopefully, it, hopefully it helps other people. Um. If, if we reach one person like I said it it's probably uh, it's probably worth it to pay it forward and we do recommend books I think books are the number one form of training uh, but you have to bring those books to life so I love what Mike's talking about with it's it's a, again it's a military model train the trainer if if we teach somebody and then they record the next version of that uh, and and it's their job like how you know I'm I am usually just good enough in a lot of those tasks uh, that I'm I'm teaching somebody or delegating out to them they can go become a master at that task and then they should be the they should be the trainer for whatever department or whatever whatever task that is that you know whether it's recurring or, or just in a uh, in a division of their of the company so a, a lot of good um, Good interviewees coming up uh, throughout July. And um, we'll look forward to getting back on track. Mike, any uh, any other thoughts before we close it out?
1: No, I mean, uh, first of all, I just want to say congratulations to you and the MCFA team. You know, people are getting good feedback on the show. People are leaving reviews, you know. Um, and uh, so we're doing something right here. I know when <laughs> you first started this, you wanted to bring this to the industry, and it's exactly what we're doing. And so for the listeners that are tuning in, you know, make sure you're reaching out, um, re- reaching out to us and letting us also know what kind of topics and things that you would like covered so that, you know, we can um, create really good and engaging content to empower you all um, out there in the hustle and in the fight as a uh, entrepreneurial public servants.
0: Amen. Yeah. I mean, if if you have recommendations for interviews, which a number of our of our interviewees have recommended some guests, we have. Like I said, some some killer interviews lined up. Uh, but to Mike's point, this is all about our audience and, and what you want to hear. Um, we don't know exactly who the audience is. We're, we're targeting entrepreneurial public servants. We think of that as anybody um, on the public service side or private sector side supporting public agencies. So happy to help small business, big business, uh, business development, business growth, business operations, project management. Tell us what you want to hear. Uh, and in the meantime, it's uh, the 1st of July today. Hopefully, we get this out this week. So everybody have a great Independence Day. Happy 4th of July, and uh, we'll be in touch. If you enjoy this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People in Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Last but not least, we are hiring. If you or anyone you know is looking for a job in the project management, planning, construction management uh, industry, we'd love to talk to them. Until next time, enjoy your 4th of July. Have a great week.